What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Carrera, and with me on a Friday, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Now, I wish right now that I had a mimosa in my hand because I wish we were celebrating to say that the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and I wish this was going to be a happy podcast, but instead, I'm drinking a coffee, and I'm sad and depressed that it was just the worst game of all time. Like, there was just nothing even exciting to watch. Don't act like you're drinking that coffee because the 49ers lost on Sunday. Little peek behind the curtain. Michelle said, we need to do the podcast at 11 o'clock your time. I said, great, 11 o'clock, no problem. Then I got a text message from you last night. Yeah, we're going to have to go later. I'm up till 2 a.m. I've been up until 2 a.m. every night. Finally, we sit down before we press record. I say, Michelle, what is happening in your life? Why are you awake till 2 o'clock every day? Tell people, who has kept you up until 2 a.m.? <laughs> it's my parents. They're in town. My parents are in town visiting for the week, and they're, they're wild animals, man. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're younger than I am, apparently, because I'm like, damn, you guys are crazy. Bringing me back to my early 20s here, I feel like I'm... Um, I'm struggling. I'm too old for this life. But I would have sucked it up and definitely been drinking a mimosa right now if the 49ers were going to the Super Bowl. But instead, I feel like I'm the only person that is mad at the 49ers. I feel like everyone else is just like, well, what do you want them to do? No, I am actually mad at the 49ers. And I got a lot of 49ers fans mad at me on Twitter. And I don't care. That game did embarrass me. It embarrassed me. Welcome to my world. 49ers fans are mad at you. We're going to get into that. Before we do, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Don't unsubscribe to Niners Nation just yet, but make sure you follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the reviews that have come in. This one comes from Hink Dad, five stars, the best source of 49ers content. Rob has a talent for delivering Niners content in a way that we fans understand. Getting perspective from a knowledgeable fan, sometimes dripping with emotion is like listening to your best friend talk football with you. You get all the anger and frustration over boneheaded decisions as well as the -the over-the-top jubilation when it goes right. Sometimes Rob can get off the rails with emotion. And then Levin is right there to reel him back in with his no-nonsense facts and delivery style. If you then mix in the sunshine Michelle brings to the show... You have a recipe for a really great team and wholesome entertainment. Keep up the great work. Uh, where's the sunshine today, Michelle? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I know people aren't going to be happy with me today because I'm not going to be all nice. All right. I'm not. I was mad at that game. Can we talk about it? Like we haven't got the chance to talk about this game yet. I know you've talked about it a bunch with Levin, but you and I have not had a chance to sit down and actually have a conversation. I feel like nobody's understanding my side and why I'm mad at the team. Well, why I'm mad at Kyle Shanahan specifically. Yes, I'm very hard on Kyle. I get that. But I was disappointed with the way he handled that second half. Specifically what? They played 10 versus 11. That's what they did. That's what they decided to do. Purdy couldn't possibly throw a ball, right? Farther than two feet. He can't run either. So you're having someone out there that can do absolutely nothing. Like at least have CMC just taking the snaps and put another body on the field that can run or attempt a pass. That's 10 yards. Like it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I'm not saying that they weren't going to come back and win anyways, but you're playing 10 versus 11 for a quarter and a half. You just gave up a quarter and a half. You just completely gave up and said, we're going to play one man down the entire time for literally no reason. 
there, what was the purpose of having Purdy on the field? There was literally no reason to have him on the field. You played one man down for a entire quarter and a half. And that just boggled my mind. Kyle said after the game that they were going to do some wildcat stuff but they needed to pick up a couple of first downs first. It was sort of a weird explanation. How are you going to pick them up with no quarterback? Um, How are you going to pick it? How are you going to pick up first downs when you're playing 10 versus 11? But I, I also think that he wanted to keep the run game as, as normal as possible because he thought that that was their best way for success. And if you have Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback, you obviously can't do that. Okay. What's going to be the success? But like, what's going to be the success of Christian McCaffrey passing? Who you have to at least try. You have to at least put. You know, the defense can't know you're just going to run your normal run every single play. Like it's not. There's no hope. Then there is no hope, anyways. But at least put McCaffrey out there doing some different things, and at least it would be entertaining as well. Like (laughs) you're giving the fans nothing. You're giving them nothing. You're already going to lose. Who cares if McCaffrey threw a couple interceptions? Who literally cares? You're down by 21 points. Like, who cares if you lose by 40 or 21? Like, go out there and show us something entertaining. They literally just ran the ball every single play for a quarter and a half. That was Kyle just just gave up. He just gave up is what he did. I think your beef is really that it was just super boring for a quarter and a half at the end of that game. And you're, you're looking at it from an entertainment. But they gave up. No, they gave up. They they wouldn't say that. They didn't even try. They would say our best chance to win was doing what we did. Oh my goodness. How in the world are you ever going to score doing that? When a team definitely a hundred percent knows you're going to run on every single play block. They would say block and execute. I mean, I don't think that their chances to win are going to go up. With when Christian you just Mc- bring out the entire defense up and you're already playing 10 versus 11, you're already playing 10 versus 11. So you're down one and then you get to bring everyone up. So it's really like you're down five. Like, stop. I just, I hated, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. This is, I love this because this is emotional, Michelle. This is angry, Michelle. You, this is like real 49er fandom coming through. I love it. Like you're mad that they lost. You're mad that they. Because they should be in the Super Bowl. Yes, I know. And I get, they weren't going to get there no matter what once Brock Purdy, you, you, Josh. Jo- well, also, how is Josh Johnson even a backup? How is he even in the NFL? Because that was just well, he don't forget. the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, he's not really a backup. He's a backup, backup, backup. How is he even in the NFL at this point? I don't know. He's stuck around for quite a long time, too. Someone out there has to be better than that. That was just, that was pitiful. Josh Johnson's been in the league a long time. And I think there's like, when you've been in the league a long time in that role, which is kind of just like, I don't mean this to be a slight, but it's going to sound like that. He's a seat filler, right? He's like a seat filler at the Oscars. He never thought he would have to play. Like, I just think that his brain was but not capable. You're going of that. into the game as the only other quarterback. You're the second quarterback. He should have been super prepared to have to go into this game. But I think that, like, in his mind, he just got to a place where I don't really play. I just sort of get to be on the sidelines. And as you could see, when he got in there, he was totally overwhelmed. I mean, he couldn't even catch the snap. He was so bad. It was. The whole thing. And then they just got too emotional because they were mad yep. and then Trent Williams. And then that's also what was like, they just lost their, they lost their cool, everything about it. It already was just the worst championship game of all time. And 
Kyle gave us nothing to watch. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we'll see CMC run all over the place and throw some balls. And like, at least you give us something when they're going to lose anyways. Like, give us something. Right. See, you're looking Instead, at it. it was just, you want entertainment. But then it was just running. Yeah. You might as well entertain us when there's nothing he else. He doesn't care about that. Kyle does not care about entertaining fans. Well, you're not winning. You're not winning running up. They barely did any, uh, whatever. It was the worst. And this is Kyle Shanahan just folds when he just folds. He's just like, he's that little brat that, you know, he didn't go his way. So he just gave up. I can't believe your huge beef with Kyle Shanahan is he didn't throw enough running back passes in the NFC championship game. I have a lot of beefs with Kyle Shanahan. He's stubborn and he, you know, I, I, I go through roller coaster emotions with him through every season. I mean, he just won 12 in a row. Yeah. Most of that with a third string rookie quarterback. That was the last pick in the draft. Most teams can't even win with their backup quarterback. And you're getting on Kyle because they ran out of passers in the NFC championship game. There was one time the Broncos had to start Kendall Hinton, a wide receiver. And you know what? They didn't run on every damn play. Yeah. And how'd they do in the game? How'd that work out? How did it work out running on every, like, this is what I'm saying. You're going to lose either way. So you might as well at least try to score points. They didn't even try. They just played 10 versus 11 and they didn't even try. Uh, like I said, I think their argument would be, we did what we thought to play was the one best. man down is the best way to go. Better than having some random dude, Kyle Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey were huddling up with Brian Greasy on the sideline, like trying to go over a quarterback stuff like that. Again, if that's your, if that's what you think is going to so having no man on the field is better than having another man they probably thought you're saying having nothing's better than having one guy i think they would argue that there's probably less chance of a turnover if that happens like again just just having someone physically throw the ball doesn't automatically mean you're going to be successful like why is that you know if they put me back there couldn't do anything purdy can't throw or run so he's a waste of a body. He can't do anything that you need on a football field. He's a waste of a body out he can there. Hand off. You put someone else in that can at least run. If you all you want to do is Ooh. run, then put someone else in that can run. Like you can figure it out. Put another guy in. Use a use. A, you know, put someone in at wide receiver. Use have Debo back there, which they did, or have Ayuk, or have I don't know, literally anybody. Have Juice. Have another body. Put in every body you can that is physically able to play football, so that you have. 11 people on the field. They only had 10. I just think it's really weird that like your answer is just, just throw the ball in the air. We don't care. It doesn't matter where it goes. doesn't matter. I didn't say just throw it. I said, just, I said, have 11 versus 11. And even then, if you want to run it fine, at least you have 11 guys that can do something. Well, Brock was capable of running. He, no, well, they didn't run with him once. He's not really a runner, even though he actually can. Was he going to run and get tackled with his injury? No, they're not going to do that to him as they shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know that it would have made it that much worse because, like, once the ligament is – well, the other thing is, like, did they know the ligament was actually torn? I would assume not because the way they were working on him on the sideline, it was like they were trying to fix something. It's like if they knew the ligament was torn, (laughs) they can't reattach it on the sideline. I don't think they knew it was torn. Yeah, I don't think so either. I kept thinking he was going to come back in. Like, every drive, I was like, okay, he's going to get back in. He's going to get back in. Well, that was the feeling, right? And that's why, like, for a while it was close. So you were like, look, maybe Josh, like Josh Johnson comes in, right? And then McCaffrey scores the touchdown. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, we might be able to weather this storm a little bit. Maybe Brock can come back in. The defense settles down. And, of course, we all know it didn't happen. And now we're in this weird situation, Michelle. Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Tom Brady just retired. So that back door just completely was shut. Thank goodness. And now 
you know, Kyle said in the press conference and John that they're not looking for a veteran quarterback, that they are, this is it. Their, their strategy is hope. Hope that Trey comes back healthy. Hope that Brock's doesn't need the full Tommy John surgery. Cause that would be a, like a nine to 12 month recovery. Hope is their plan for 2023. This is going to be an interesting, interesting off season because you know, they are going to go into the season thinking that Purdy is their starting quarterback, right? So Trey Lance is going to have to prove that he's worth a lot. Like he's going to have to really ball out this off season. And then when, if he does get the starts the first two weeks, like he's, it's going to be a short leash, which is crazy to say because the dude has not played like literally any consistent football since 2019. So he was already like, so raw. He had so little experience. And now you're getting into his third year in the NFL and he still has such little experience. So it's going to be hard for him to prove himself. It, it really will be. But with Brock, this is the thing I'm talking about here with this injury, right? He already doesn't like his weakness. You would say he already doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Mm-hmm. How does this injury affect that even more? Like, does he come back and he's the same or Does he come back and he loses just a little bit? And if he loses just a little bit, that might be, oh, you're no longer an NFL quarterback because it already was right there on the line. He has a lot of good skill sets and it's all right there. He's all like he has an average arm. But if you lose that, then does it become below average? Right. I think it was already below average. If you lose it. Yeah. Do you are you incapable of playing quarterback at this level? I think that's a fair question to ask. Uh, Nick Mullins. So Ben had the same injury, right? Well, he had the surgery though, right? The Tommy John surgery. Well, the only starter quarterback that had started recently that I know that had had the surgery is actually Nick Mullins after he got hurt coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I know. Well, Ben had a very similar, he, it was the UCL. So he had a very similar injury in 2019 when he missed that he missed the whole season and then you know slowly started to ramp up during the off season it took a while he had to throw the smaller balls or whatever but in 20 like i get the age difference i mean what is it like 16 years <laughs> age difference so it's massive but in 2018 ben still had plenty of zip that offense was fantastic in 2018 he comes back in 2020 after the injury his arm was gone it's, it was done he couldn't he just lobbying up passes now it was just the zip was completely gone. The injury ruined his arm completely. Now, like I said, Brock Purdy's 22 instead of 38 or whatever Ben was so completely different, but he also Purdy never had Ben's arm strength, like not even remotely in the same atmosphere. So I I am a little bit worried about what this injury will do. And also like, he's not going to be able to practice with the team, like during the off season, like where they go on trips and they work out together. Like it's going to be a completely different off season for him, which this was such an important one because going from your rookie year to your second year, like this is really the time you're supposed to focus and have the most growth. I just don't know if that's going to be available to him. Yeah. It's, I mean, they won't really know until he has the surgery, which technically he hasn't even decided to have surgery yet. So he's got to make that decision. And then once he decides, or if he decides to have the surgery, then once they cut him open, they got to look and say, oh, okay, can we repair this? Because I guess the repair, they just, I don't know, reattach the actual ligament that's there. But the Tommy John, they take it out completely and replace it with a different ligament. Uh, so that's why the, the recovery is longer. And we won't know any of that. And, like, I think that's a fair question. Because, like, to hear Kyle tell it, oh, you know, if he has the, the easier surgery, 
he can start throwing after three months. And then at six months, like you don't have to ramp him up. Like he'll be back and ready to go for training camp and it'll be full go. And it's like, Whoa, just the way he was talking about it. Like you could tell he thinks of Brock as the starter in my opinion, but I think it's totally fair to ask, is his arm going to, going to snap back to what it was. And if there's any drop off whatsoever, that's a legitimate question. You know, you have to be tall enough to ride the bumper cars. And if suddenly you lose a couple inches off your height, you're not tall enough to ride the bumper cars. And the same thing happens with arm strength. Even if you know all the reads, even if you know all that stuff, you still have to get the ball from point A to point B in a certain amount of time. And if you can't do it, there's nothing you can do to really compensate for that. Yeah, it does worry me a little bit. And the way, like, Shanahan's just like, well, they told me he was going to be completely back to normal. After six months, he'd be himself. And it's like, will he? Like, will mm-hmm. he? That seems, like, really optimistic right there. And six months, I mean, that gets you to August. So, like, he would be pretty much ready to go for training camp. I don't know. I, like, may, like just focus on Trey Lance. I feel like this is your t- Like, you got the out now. Like, before, if Brock Purdy played. He was too good to say, no, this is Trey's team again. Like he was just too good. Now you kind of have the out where you can't really develop Purdy this off season. It's not like I get in three months he can throw, but it's going to take time and he's not going to have all that time with his teammates. Like I brought up. So focus on developing Trey Lance this year, focus on him, you know, working with the team and being that leader. I, I, and then if Trey Lance were to get hurt again or fail in the first few weeks, I know like that's a small leash and then put Brock back in. I don't know. Just saying like Brock's our guy. It seems a little dangerous. Dan Orlovsky had a really good tweet earlier today. Trey Lance has thrown 420 passes in a live game setting since 2016. Okay. <laughs> that's seven years ago. He hasn't started and finished a game in back-to-back weeks since 2019. He literally has not had a chance to show what he can do. And the, the difficult thing from his perspective is he's always competing against somebody that has, that has, that has earned a lot of respect in the locker room. First, it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Now it's Brock Purdy. Matt Mayoko just said on his podcast that if if Brock is not the starter, there's going to be, quote, a lot of pissed off people in the 49ers locker room. Um, the, man, I really I'm not sold on Brock 100 percent. I really wish they would focus on Trey because here's the other thing. Defensive coordinators now have what is it, seven, eight games of tape on Brock Purdy. They're going to study that they're going to adjust. That's just part of the natural ebb and flow of any player's career. So, yeah, Brock came in and put up some gaudy numbers, but that's no guarantee he's going to be able to keep that going. And we don't know how he's going to react based on how the defense is adjust to him. So, like, everything is up in the air. And I do want to see Lance do it. My question to you is this, Michelle. Like, you mentioned it. He's going to have to ball out in the preseason. Like, what does that even mean? What does that look like? I don't even know. He's going to have to come in and be a, a fantastic leader. Like, I, I do think the leadership part is going to have to be huge for him because it seems like the team really, really respected Brock Purdy. Like, they respected how he handled himself, how he handled the, uh, I don't know, just like how he handled the game. He seemed like a really good leader. I think Trey needs to show more of that. I, I'm not there, right? I don't know if Trey was already showing that, but it seems like the team really preferred the way Brock Purdy handled himself just was the leader of that team over Lance. Did you get that same feeling or am I just making this up? Um, I get the feeling they liked Brock. Like they latched onto his personality. 
I don't know that that happened with Trey. Everything I heard about Trey behind the scenes was that he was doing the right things, that they they liked him. He seems like him. a great kid, but that doesn't mean you're a great leader. He doesn't have the fiery personality that yeah. Brock has, right? Like, Brock gets in there, he throws a touchdown, he's doing the injected into my veins celebration, he's doing, like, the roar and stuff. Like, they, I think that that was the perfect thing for this team at that time because he came in and everybody was, like, frozen for a second, right? Yeah. They didn't know what to do, like, Oh my God, Trey's hurt. Jimmy's hurt. Third string guy, rookie. What you know? What's going to happen? And then he comes in, and he didn't just come in and say like, "Oh shucks, I'll do the best I can." Right? He came in, he threw a touchdown, and he was like, "Let's go! I'm doing it. This is like we're we're going to kick ass." And I think the team was like, "Oh, okay, yes, like let's go." And Trey didn't have that, right? But Trey was in a different scenario. Trey came in, and he was like, "Hey, I know Jimmy's still here." I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to show you, right? I'm not going to tell you. I'll show you. And then he never got the chance to do it. So they never, like, had that chance to latch on to him like they did with Brock. Yeah. I don't even know if Lance has it in him, though, to have that type of personality. He, he might not. Like too. Yeah. Which is fine. You don't have to be, you know, celebrating. Like, you don't have to be over the top to be a good quarterback. There are just some good quarterbacks that, you know, just keep their head down and they just do their thing. It's not like... When Jalen Hurts scores, he doesn't really do any celebration. He's just like focused a hundred percent of the game. So you don't have to, you know, put energy into your team like that. But I do think he's going to have to prove that he can lead a team. And we kept saying, well, he's so young, like he shouldn't have to do this yet. Brock Purdy was 22. Like he showed us that you can actually be a fantastic leader that young. And you know, these older vets will go to you and be like, okay, you're our leader. Even when you're only 22 years old and a rookie and a seventh rounder, you know what I was thinking when you were just talking? If you had 1 million guesses of how the season was going to end, like say <laughs> we were talking before the season and we were like, okay, what disappointing way can this season possibly oh. end? I don't think we would ever, ever said Brock Purdy gets hurt and we are devastated. Like this is the thing that's going to end us because Brock Purdy got hurt and we really want, we actually really wanted him in the game. <laughs> like <laughs> I, what, how many guesses would you needed to get there? A million, like this is a Madden thing, right? This is like, dude, I was playing Madden the other day. You'll never guess what happened. My starter got hurt. The backup got hurt. Then he got hurt. I had no quarterback. I ran out of quarterback. Like, But they were all really good. The thing is, like, each backup was really, really good until we got to the fourth one. You would rage quit if that happened. You'd just be like, that's that's ridiculous. I'm not. I'm just going to restart. You know? And then that's what I said, too. Like, if you replayed the NFC Championship game a hundred times, that never happens again. Never, but this is, you only get one. Even when he came back in, I was like, okay, like he's going to come back in. He's going to fight through this injury. He's going to, I thought he was going to, I didn't realize, you know, no one knew it was torn. So I just thought like, okay, like I thought they had a chance to come back once he came back in. And then you realize pretty quickly, oh, he's not back. He's just as a body on a field. That's pointless. I love, did you hear what he said to Kyle when he went to the sideline? He said, I can't throw. If maybe I could throw like a five yard pass, if that's okay. It's like, dude, you don't have to apologize for your arm just literally not functioning like a normal human arm. Yeah. They had him throwing on the sideline a lot. He was trying to apparently. And he said like it was incredible pain. I've heard even now when he keeps his arm straight, it's okay. But if he has to bend it at all, like, and pick up anything, like he said, it really, really hurts, which is. And elbow injuries are just gross. Like having elbow pain. Yeah. So it's it's a weird offseason for the 49ers. They just 
can't they're just stuck in the mud it's like purgatory you never think that they're going to get out of it they still don't have the quarterback situation settled and as of two days ago michelle they still had the third best odds doing the super bowl next year i mean they keep making the nfc championship (laughs) they keep getting right there it's just yeah i don't i don't really know what's going to take this team over the top you got to find a defensive coordinator and i mean this was the year where their defense was so dominant are they going to continue that dominance year after year that's a hard thing to do probably not so the offense is going to have to you know keep they're going to have to be the second half of this year instead of the first half because the first half the defense won a lot of games for them yes and then the second half you know they were putting up a good uh, a, a lot of points so they're going to have to come out and do that I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is right now. I do know they need a third quarterback, a good third <laughs> quarterback, because you can't just go in with Trey Lance, who has no experience, and then a UCL tear, tear Brock Purdy going into his second year. You, those can't be your two guys. Like, obviously, you're going to have a third body no matter what in the quarterback room, but like, it can't be a guy like Josh Johnson. It has to be, I think it needs to be a veteran. And there are actually a lot of veteran free agents this offseason like you have Teddy Bridgewater sitting out there I think he'd be a great third option because I I think at this point in his career he's not really looking for a starting gig or like you know he kind of just be looking for a third string yeah that's the problem who's gonna come and sign to be the third string guy I think Teddy could at this point in his career you know try to go he also knows there's a high chance that he could play with the 49ers because there's no freaking way that anyone stays healthy on this team but they need a veteran that can help these two young they're still two super young quarterbacks help them grow and you know be there and just help with their development and then also if he needed to play Teddy Bridgewater's plenty good enough to get the job done for a game or two another one Jacoby Brissett is also a free agent but with the way he played this year I think he wouldn't be looking for a third string. I don't think anyone's going to give him a starting gig, but he's probably will be looking for at least a second stringer, at least on a team that he has a chance to compete. That's the thing. I feel like you could say they need to sign a veteran, but no veteran's going to want to, you're almost better off like, Hey, Philip Rivers, what are you doing? You want to come just make an obscene amount of money for doing no work? No, no, I would, I would much rather that than Teddy Bridgewater. You serious? Teddy Bridgewater. Philip Teddy Rivers. two gloves? No way. <laughs> what about Mason Rudolph? I mean, maybe. He's like, he probably won't want to go be it. You know what he I really want? A, yeah. I want to go into a damn season without having to worry about who my third string quarterback is or my backup quarterback. We haven't had a quarterback play every game for this team. We've had it once in the last eight years, and that was 2019, and they went to the Super Bowl. Other than that, they haven't had that in since 2014. It's absurd. This is not real life. What's happening to the 49ers. Andy Dalton. No, I don't want any of these scrubs. Taylor Heineke. I want the players we have to be on the field. I'm that I know. And it's unrealistic apparently, but damn. Now you got me cranky. What about a Lamar Jackson trade? Give the Ravens Trey Lance trade for Lamar Jackson. I actually brought that up. Uh, I would be for He it. actually gets injured quite a lot too, though. That is true. And that's a downside. But here's the thing. Like if Trey Lance develops the way we're all hoping he becomes Lamar Jackson. So why not just actually acquire the real Lamar Jackson? Um, I think it's worth picking up the phone and making a call. You include Lance in the deal. 
They have first-round picks after this year that they can trade. Why would you not, right? If you're if you're the 49ers, don't you have to at least try? You have to at least look into it. I mean, this is the organization that literally called the Patriots and asked about trading for Tom Brady before. Listen, and can I just talk about how happy I am that Tom Brady is retiring and that it's not even going to be considered for the 49ers? Tom Brady is going to be 46. He can't move. There is nothing there anymore. Like, no, you don't want to go get Tom Brady. Stick. Like I, I was not for that. And I just like, I don't know if I could root for a team that had Tom Brady on it. So, cause I just, I have too much. You're scarred. I don't know what even though. Yeah. I'm just scarred. Okay. My heart can't handle rooting for Tom Brady led team. I'm happy. He retired. He's gone. I can't picture him actually coming back a second time and embarrassing yeah. himself like that coming out of retirement twice. So I, I just didn't even think that should be an option for the 49ers, but I do think they would have looked into it pretty hard. And I'm just happy that's not even a possibility. It would have been weird, like rooting for the team. It would have been like, Tom, you're not really a part of this. You know, like whether it's Lance or Brock, they've been here. You know, they've gone through it a little bit. It would have been weird if it was Brady. I do think it's going to be fascinating next season, Michelle, because the Niners go to Philadelphia in the regular season next year. That game is going to be, I hope it's not early in the season. Although maybe I do, especially if Philly wins the Super Bowl. I'm not sure about how I feel. Hey, about that, that could be week. game one. That That's could be true. The, if, Philly, if Philly wins the Super Bowl, that could be the opener. That would be insane, especially if Brock is back, right? If Brock is back and he's the starter, then it would be like, oh man, they would get up for that in a way that would be different from an opening season game. That would be their Super Bowl. That would be like, okay, we got to prove right here that we should have been in the Super Bowl last year. If our quarterback was healthy, we would have been right? It It would be fascinating to see. But whenever they play that game, it's going to be, that's going to be like the game of the year, the game at, at Warner. Teddy Bosa. Bridgewater will be starting at that Shut point because they're already through their first two quarterbacks. <laughs> if it's the first game of the year, it'll still be Teddy. <laughs> I'm I'm super pumped for that game already. I'm already like looking at the opponents for 2023 and I'm like, hmm, where can they put this in the schedule? Schedule doesn't even come out till like May. I'm already <laughs> like, planning it out in my head. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Nobody. I can't okay. root for You're going to be anybody. watching the game. Who are you going to be slightly rooting for more than the other? I will literally not be rooting. I wish the game could end in a tie. Honest to God, like I can't root for the Eagles. They just beat the 49ers. They didn't even beat the 49ers. They didn't beat the 49ers. It was just a friggin' twist of fate. And the Niners lost all quarterbacks in the game. I'm not giving the Eagles any credit. They don't have to apologize for it. But in my head, I, I can't root for that after they did that to the 49ers. And I can't ever root for Patrick Mahomes. He's the reason the Niners don't have a Super Bowl in 2019. I said it after the after the AFC championship game. I was like, Oh, there's nothing in this Super Bowl for me. I guess I have to root for the halftime show. I'm rooting for the Eagles, obviously. I'm rooting yeah, for my boy Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yes, yes. Did you ever think a year ago that Jalen Hurts would be in a Super Bowl? Yes, because I picked the Eagles to make the Super Bowl this year. No, I said a year ago, like the beginning yeah. of the 2021 season. Oh, well, the beginning of 2021 season, I didn't really give it much thought because I have not been on the Jalen Hurts train like you. But I did pick the Eagles to make the Super Bowl before the year, and I was correct. So go me. So who do you think will win? You're not rooting for either, either one, but who do you think is going to come out on top? The Eagles have the better team to me by far. Easily, I think the Eagles have the better team. 
It's just Patrick Mahomes somehow just keeps getting it yes, done. That's no matter, like he had no ankle and he just still and no wide receivers. I mean, it was literally Marquez Valdez scaling and nobody else by the time that game ended. And it no one's healthy right now. I'm sure I feel like these guys will come back and play for the Super Bowl, but it's gonna be interesting. I like Patrick Mahomes though. Good lord, man. How are you this good? He's he is that good. Like it literally he's one of the few guys where it just does not matter. It's the complete opposite of the 49ers. The 49ers are all about everything around the quarterback. The Chiefs are the complete opposite. They're only about the quarterback. The Chiefs' defense is not that good. Their surrounding cast, besides Mahomes, not that good. But guess what? Here they are again, because he's just incredible. And, and Travis hard. Kelsey is just uncoverable. I just don't yeah. even understand how it's this hard <laughs> to cover him. How has nobody figured it out? Just, he's just always open. It's like, how are you always getting open? Cause they make it up as they go along. Like they literally have hand signals and like, you know, that nonverbal communication to just be like run wherever. This is why it's so hard to cover Kelsey because he can do anything he wants on any play. And no matter where he runs on the field and no matter where Mahomes is on the field, he can always get him the ball. So it's just absurd. Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady where he's just hurting my heart every freaking year, except the Steelers suck now. See, like the thing is the Steelers were really good. Well, Tom Brady was there, but he kept, we never did anything barely. Well, I guess they won two Super Bowls, but Tom Brady <laughs> kept, Tom Brady kept ruining, you know, pl playoff season after playoff season or regular season. It was just too many heartbreaks. And I just, I don't want Patrick Mahomes to become that where it's just like, you're annoyed to watch him win, you know, because he is, he's a likable guy. His, brother and wife aren't but he's a likable guy so i don't want to start hating him but i could see it happening because he's too good and the chiefs are too good but see like this is why everyone's like why do you want trey lance to start brock purdy's really good because brock purdy say what you want about him he doesn't have the ceiling of a guy like mahomes and i i understand that mahomes is you know he's a unicorn he's one of one but at least with trey lance you have the chance to have a quarterback that might be able to put a team on his back and carry them. That's what you're hoping, right? That's why you give all, all those picks and draft him third overall, because you're hoping to get that guy. I am tired of watching my team with quarterbacks that are not capable of doing that, that always have to be carried along by everybody else. I'm tired of it. That was kind of the cool thing with Colin Kaepernick. That playoff game against the Packers, he said, get on my back. We are rolling. And he carried them literally with his actual legs to victory. I want that in my quarterback. I'm tired of watching these Jeff Garcia, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cody Pickett mother efforts. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, Brock is kind of like the, it's like you got another Jimmy Garoppolo, but one that's a little bit more fun to watch. And I want to say doesn't make as many mistakes. He just got, he gets really lucky guys. Yes. Don't catch the tip passes or the interceptions. Like they just keep dropping them. I don't, I don't know how he got so lucky, but he does seem very Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's pretty much the same guy, which Kyle Shanahan loves, you know, he loves those type of guys. So we'll see. I, I like, I totally agree with you. I think Trey Lance has the higher ceiling, but at this point, without any, you just brought up 420, what was it? 420 pass attempts yep. since 2016. Can he come back and actually be a good NFL quarterback at that time? It, it just seems like so little experience for seven years. Oh, it is. Seven it's the years. smallest we've ever seen. 
but I'm just tired of the idea that we need to know exactly what Trey Lance is before we could actually play him. That's the weirdest. Like, you don't know what anybody is. What's unfortunate for Trey Lance is he went to such a good team. And I actually think that's terrible for him because he had no time for the team to actually be patient with him because they're in win-now mode and the the players in the locker room don't want to be patient. Like, they don't want to waste a year of their career. They want to win now. So, like, I get it when you want a guy that has more experience and that can lead your team. So, like, with Justin Fields, he was straight terrible his whole entire first season. First in a half season, he had a very nice ending of a season. And now, because the Bears were so bad, they're still – they have the first overall pick, and they're still going to go with Justin Fields. I think that's the right choice. But, like, he actually has time to develop. Like, Trey Lance is never going to be given that because they want to win right now. So, if Trey Lance has – Say Brock Purdy's not ready to start week one. He has a couple games to prove himself. If he's not absolutely amazing, they're going to go to Brock, which How kind of stupid stinks. is that? Like, that's so absurd. Yeah. We know you've had no experience whatsoever, but if you don't kill it immediately, you're out, which is calls into question why they drafted him in the first place. But I'm a little tired of like, I don't care that everyone in the locker room is going to be mad. They'll like us when we win. Okay. Just like they like Brock because he won. If Trey Lance gets in there and wins, they're going to forget all about Brock Purdy because that's all players care about is winning. And if it pisses off the locker room that Trey Lance gets to be the starter at the beginning of the year, if they're both healthy, tough. What are they going to do? Not walk out on the field? I'm tired of hearing that narrative of, oh, the players will be mad. What do the players want to do? The players, they're going to go play. That's what they're going to do. Kyle Shanahan's the coach. He'll pick the quarterback. Like, damn, man. People are acting like they're going to revolt and refuse to take the field. Shut up with that. I get you. I get you. But it, it is hard, you know, if these veterans. The, the thing is, like I keep saying, like they don't want to waste a year of their career. So I'm saying if Trey Lance needs that time to develop and he does play in ways that is, you know, not helping you win games and maybe even losing you a couple games, which a new guy that only has 420 pass attempts since 2016, he might lose you some games, right? But he needs time to develop. He's just not really on a team that's able to give him that time to develop because they want to win now and they don't want to risk losing any games because of that. But they're not winning Super Bowls now. So whatever plan that they've tried to go with, it hasn't worked anyway. So why not try something new instead of bashing your head against the wall again? They haven't won Super Bowls, but they've made it very far in the playoffs every time they go. Right, but that's not what they want, right? They want to win Super Bowls. You just said those veterans want to win. They don't go into the season with the goal of making the NFC Championship game. Nobody in San Francisco is content right now. So I say the very same thing could have happened this year if Trey had played, right? They could have started off three and four, and then the light bulb could have went on. It could have clicked for him, and he could have had a similar run to Brock Purdy. That could have happened. But yet, if that's what starts to happen next year, people are going to freak out, lose their minds, and Trey Lance is going to get benched. It will, unfortunately. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of those annoying off-seasons again where we have to talk about, you know, are they respecting Trey Lance enough? Are they giving him enough opportunity? And it's going to be back and forth. And we're really not going to know anything about Brock until pretty much August. And until he gets into training camp and is actually able to throw a ball, we're literally going to know nothing about how his injury is and how, how it's going and what it's done to his arm. And did it take away any zip? Because we've already said if it even takes away a little bit, of the zip, the power. It's like he was already below average in that area. You really don't have any room to play with here. And we're not going to have those answers for a really long time. And God forbid, like 
we just kind of assume that everything's going to go perfectly, right? That's the timeline. If everything is perfect, if the surgery goes perfect, if, first of all, if he doesn't need the full reconstruction, then if the surgery goes perfect. Well, if he does need the full reconstruction, that kind of answers it for us. He's going to be out pretty much the whole year next year. Yeah, that's going to be – that will clarify some things. And, and that's that would really suck for Brock. That, yeah. Even oh, as it is now, so bad for him. his yeah. career could be over. We don't know. Like, that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That is just a gut punch for him personally. You're the last pick in the draft. You don't know if you're ever going to get your chance – not only do you get a chance on a great team, you go on this incredible run and then to have it all just one play, just go up in a puff of smoke like that. I don't know how he would deal with that personally. That would really keep me like literally awake at night. I feel so bad for him. I really do. Like, like you had this amazing Cinderella run and for it to end that way. So I really hope he doesn't have to have the Tommy John surgery and miss all next season. Cause that's pretty much going to ruin his career. Like, there right now it's the 49ers or bust, right? Like I don't think any other teams are like dying to go get Brock Purdy, especially after this injury. And a lot of people know, you know, just because Purdy's good in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan doesn't mean he's going to be good with your team. Like they're, yep. they're smart enough to know this. So this is, this is pretty much a shot here is to start next year for the 49ers and continue being good. But if Trey Lance gets all next year, because Brock Purdy is, has to miss the year, then Lance could easily steal his job for good. That's I, this is going to sound mean, and I don't mean it this way. Just from a pure football standpoint, I think the best case scenario for Trey Lance is Brock Purdy being out for the year, because then if the Niners stay true to their word and don't bring in, you know, a viable veteran quarterback, he's, he could get the whole year to develop. Trey could have the whole 17 games to sink or swim. And now if he gets hurt again, then I think you just cut bait, whatever. But from a pure football standpoint, the deck being cleared for Trey Lance from a development point of view is probably what's best for him. And I I realize that there are personal aspects and I'm not rooting for anybody to be more seriously hurt than they are. I'm just looking at it through that lens. Do you think, though, I know he already said he sees no way it's going to happen, but do you think if we get you know, the news that Brock is going to have the Tommy John surgery. He's yep. most likely to miss the year. They then sign Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I think they would want to. I don't think Jimmy wants to. I think Jimmy wants to go to a place where he's the unquestioned starter, where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and he can just roll. That's the the other factor in this whole thing that's different from last year. He was under contract last year. Uh, so, like, he might have wanted to leave, but ultimately... He was under contract. Now he's not. And so, yes, he's coming off an injury, but it's an ankle injury. No one's really worried about how that's going to affect him because he was a friggin' statue anyway. So I think he's, I mean, there's too many options for him. He could go to Washington. He can go to the Jets. He can go to the entire NFC Raiders. South. Yeah. <laughs> the rate, like, so I just, even if the 49ers would be interested in that, I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think that's why Kyle was literally just said, no. i could just like see you just pulling your hair out if that happens at this point like man i would understand it more this year than yes i would understand it more this year yeah but yeah i I think that that's over um and i don't think by the way that jimmy garoppolo deserves some grand send-off i don't think we have to throw any flowers at jimmy garoppolo people are acting like he was this like franchise savior i don't buy it 
we paid but a seventh round quarterback Brock Purdy can come in and do even better than you <laughs> right. I don't think you deserve anything and that actually would if I was a team looking for a quarterback this year I would be thinking about that like is Jimmy Grapple going to going to be anything for our offense or was it just Kyle Shanahan's system and I don't think Garoppolo is going to be very good with another team. If the Raiders actually go from Derek Carr to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's going to be hilarious. They're literally the same exact quarterback. Actually, Carr is a better passer than Garoppolo. So you're actually getting a downgrade. And for all the hate that Kyle Shanahan gets, name me a quarterback that's looked better without him. I'd be fascinated to know that answer to that question. How's Matt Ryan look without Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, It looks like he doesn't even belong in the league. <laughs> So Kyle Shanahan won that guy an MVP. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully we get a defensive coordinator soon. I know Steve Wilkes is going to interview on Monday. That would be kind of a cool, interesting thing for the Niners. I wouldn't mind seeing that now the Vic Fangio is in Miami. So there's going to be 49ers stuff. We're going to find out about Brock. That's probably the immediate thing. Cause I imagine if he decides to have surgery, he's going to want to have it as soon as possible. So he could be back as soon as possible. We're going to find out about Brock. We're going to find out about the defensive coordinator situation. The Niners have a ton of free agents. We should get into that. Maybe next week, Michelle, we can go through all the free agents, decide who stays and who goes. Yeah, we should definitely do that. And I have some free agents. I want them to, you know, they have to be lower end because it's not like they have a ton of money to be playing with. They have to pay Nick Bosa, but we could definitely hop into all of that and figure out what they need to do. And that's going to be the other thing, the Bosa deal. I mean, that just that massive amount of money that he is going to get, get so and much money earn every single penny. I know you were trashing him before we hit record. I was not trashing him. He just, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a difference maker in the playoffs. That's all. And you know, just cause you don't get sacks doesn't mean you don't affect the game. I get that's it. all I'm saying. Just he was a little ghost there for a lot of the game. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> So there's going to be a ton to happen this offseason. It's just going to be a little different. But you're right about, like, even your draft preview stuff. You better you better dive deep oh into goodness, the prospect yeah. I mean, this year. I mean, there's, yeah, there's going to be no way I get any of that right. With <laughs> I mean, when's our first pick? The third round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, theoretically, they have enough picks. They could trade up into the second round if they want to, for sure. They have 11 picks in the draft. If they really wanted to, they could potentially make a move. I don't think it's going to be like last year where they did not make a single trade. Um, but I think that's why it's important that Adam Peters stayed because he's been a huge part of their draft success that they have had. And it's been in the later rounds. And that's where they're going to have to live this year. Well, the third round has been garbage for them. So maybe they, they need to either trade down <laughs> or trade up. Just get rid of your third round picks, please. Don't take a running back for one. How yes, about that? For once, just don't. Did you see, by the way, you know who was inactive for the NFC Championship game? Trey Sermon was on the he? Eagles. <laughs> well, Ty Davis Price has done absolutely nothing. Could not see the field. Did you see what they said about Drake Jackson in the end of year press conference? Kyle said he lost his power at the end of the year. Basically, oh, like he hit the rookie wall and that was it. So hit the gym there, Drake. You got a whole offseason now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to uh, need to hit on some of these guys for sure. But 11 picks, that's a pretty good, you know, you, you should be able to get a couple of good guys to start this year. Spencer Burford started, but all season. So you can get some starters. Now we talked about how he wasn't, he didn't grade out very well at PFF, like fourth worst in the league. But you thought he outperformed that grade by a lot. So you don't agree with PFF. Well, and you mentioned both guards. Burford, I could see, I could believe that a little more. 
I thought he was good enough. Like we talked about being tall enough to ride the bumper cars with Brock Purdy. I think Burford in this system was good enough, but I was surprised to hear Aaron Banks was graded so low because I thought he did a damn good job. Yeah, I was telling you that the 49ers were the only team this year that have two starting guards with a grade under 60 for PFF. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I, I don't remember watching a ton of games being like, their guards suck. Because I was worried about that going into the year. That was like yeah, my whole thing. Are. And and I don't know. But like, look, PFF, that's what they do. But I was surprised that Banks was so low. I don't even think, did he allow a sack this year? I think he might have only allowed like certainly less than five sacks. I think it was probably like two or three sacks the whole year. So I was really surprised that he was graded that low. I know the 49ers seem happy with him. Yeah, I, I don't remember thinking, wow, Aaron Banks sucks out there, but I don't pay a ton of attention to the guards. So how dare I, you? I'll leave that to PFF, and they're saying they did pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We're going to find out a lot about what they think about this roster, who they sign, who they draft. All that stuff tells you much more meaningful information than anything they say behind a microphone. So we will find out, and we will be with you throughout the entire offseason. I don't even know, Michelle. Do you know off the top of your head what dates are the combine this year? Oh, I have no idea. It's coming up, though. It's in February every year. Usually it's like the last week of February, right? Let me see. 2023 combine. I'm going to Google it real quick on the air. Thrilling, thrilling stuff here. Oh, March 3rd? It doesn't start till? Boo. Well, because they probably push it back a week with the Super Bowl being Yeah, because Super Bowls, yeah. And then also the national championship like they, you know, they have more teams now in college football in the playoffs. So that's probably pushed back. I do actually really like the combine once it comes, but right now I'm not, I like, I could really use this month off of not caring about football, you know, it, as much. it's going to be wild though, because you're going to have the combine in March and then the new Free, year starts yeah. like March 15th around there. So like, we're going to be off and running. You got free like, agency first day is so much fun. I mean, like oh. nothing really ever happens. Like we want it to, but it's so much fun. Just there like waiting by your phone and like waiting for a Yes. Yeah. That's the whole fun of it. Like there are certain days that are great Twitter days. That's yeah. one of them. Just refresh, refresh. Yeah. Put yeah. your notifications on so you don't miss it, like a Schefter or a Rappaport, Tom Pelicero, anything like that. And just sit back and just I watch. love free agency. The first day. The best. Where the 49ers will do precisely nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, whatever happens, we'll be here with you again. Rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Stay subscribed to Niners Nation for now. Hopefully I should have all of that straightened out by March. So just hang with us on the dual feed situation for a little while longer. We really do appreciate it. Also, if you need some Niners gear or some just cool pop culture gear, clothes, go to Homage. Use the link in the description for this show on the pod or on YouTube. Click that link so we get credit for it. And uh, you can go to homage. They have awesome stuff. I know, Michelle, you've been sporting the homage gear lately. Oh, my goodness. I can't take that sweatshirt off. My dad is actually in town, like I brought up, and he's a huge Steelers fan. That's why I'm a Steelers fan. He's getting very mad at me for wearing this 49 yes. gear. But I, he actually tried to hide it on me uh, when I washed it one time. <laughs> uh, he tried to hide it, so I couldn't find it. But I did find it, and I still wore it. I, like, I can't take this thing off because it's the most comfortable sweatshirt I've ever owned in my life. And it's just so cute. There you go. So stock up pick out sometimes you got to pick out new stuff for a new season your old stuff gets like bad juju and you know you you, you yep. got to put it aside for a little while get some new stuff so load up on the homage gear we appreciate that if you uh want to support us support them 
Michelle, it's great to be potting with you again. I look forward to it every week. You never let me down. Oh, I love potting with you too, Smush Face. <laughs> Bye, y'all.